Welcome back to another edition of the Hooper's Almanac. This is our annual betting podcast. In this episode, we're going to be bringing on brother and friend of the show, Evan Sell, to talk through all the NBA over-unders that we think you should bet, either over or under. I know last year we went through every single one. We're going to keep it a bit briefer uh, this year and only talk about the ones that we're really, really confident in either way. We're also going to be sharing some of our other favorite bets that we like, teams to make the playoffs, miss the playoffs, who's going to win the MVP, all of that great stuff. So looking forward to today's podcast. Before we get going, let's bring in our friends from Green Top. Welcome back. It's another edition of the Hooper's Almanac. And it's the betting podcast, my favorite time of the year. Um, I've been head down and money down and betting the NFL this year. Not not money down, I should say. This past week was 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 down, unfortunately. I was going to say, of um, all the people to be money down, not no, you. <laughs> I've been doing well. The NBA was a little bit different uh, circumstances, all of us know, last year. Um, but this 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 week. We certainly couldn't avoid this. This is fun stuff. Talking about NBA over-unders, some other bets as well. Evan Sell is joining the podcast once again. One of our favorite guests here, Evan. Welcome back, and uh, how are you feeling? I know that you're Thunder at 23 and a half wins. We'll get to that later, but uh, welcome back to the show and looking forward to talking some bets with you. Thanks, fellas. I'm uh, feeling good. Got a couple uh, locks that I feel pretty comfortable with, so I'm excited to dive in. Yeah, it'll be awesome. good to just have honestly. I know we had Rob on last year, but again, a, dis- a different betting guy to talk about because honestly, our group chat has become just what are we going to be betting today? Honestly, and whether it's be NFL and when, especially when the playoffs were going around last year, NBA was definitely mm-hmm. uh, the biggest thing we were talking about. So finally, finally get to discuss over unders. I'm loving it. Yep. If I've had one positive influence on you guys, it is this. Uh, it is it is gambling, and it is hopefully However, doing it. It is hopefully doing it the right way, except I still haven't figured out how to get Mitch away from the Arachnid parlay. Uh, it hit, parlay. It hit one time and it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> he just can't help himself. The temptation's oh. too great, but uh, we will see. We're going to start here out east um, with one of the one of our least favorite teams, probably this upcoming season, but possibly some value in their over under line. The Indiana Pacers, um, they were in the news today, which is why we're starting with them. Um, that essentially the deal for Russell Westbrook that was floating around for Buddy Heald, um, Miles Turner, and then they would res- uh, the Pacers would also receive two round two first round picks uh, along with Russell Westbrook was very close to happening, but the Lakers didn't pull the trigger. I guess they want to see how Russ integrates into the team, see what he's got left under Darvin Ham, that sort of thing. But it did tell me one thing is that the Pacers are willing to throw this season away uh, and hopefully you know look to the future. And I think their win total says that completely. Mitch, you and I gave the Eastern Conference preview two podcasts ago, and we both said we thought the Pacers were maybe going to be the worst team in the East. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on this line at, at 23 and a half? Um, I mean, that seems pretty apt. I mean, 23 seems to be the uh, the floor here for, for these bad teams. I mean, that's what the Thunder are at right now. Um it's really hard to, to see what, what the Pacers are going to put out on the floor this year. They still have very valuable assets, you know, with Halliburton out there. I mean, that's somebody that I don't ever really want to bet against. Um, I like their young talent. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I don't know if they're going to, you know, do the tank for, for Victor. We'll see. 
The Vic, Vicky sweepstakes is what we're yeah. calling it, Mitch. Vicky sweepstakes. Yeah, I, I love it. I think this could be another version, a version of uh, kind of what the Thunder have been doing. Like, you know, you have your star, like what Halberton is their version of SGA. And then you kind of move on and try to figure out, okay, what can we build around him in the future? I feel like, however, I don't know why you would want Rick Carlisle for such a situation. When it, I feel like if you're going to do it, you might need like a, a coach to build with it. So I don't know. I don't know if I love the Rick Carlisle being their head coach and them trying to tank. I don't think he loves it. I'm sure he doesn't love that either. So it's something that I'm kind of questioning. I feel like there's there are some moves that could have been made differently. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I do believe, though, this is like about – I feel like this is very accurate for where this line should be. Feel like they, they could be sitting around the uh, around the twenty one range if they if I wanted to really be thinking about it, but that confidence would be very low. I mean, where where what are you thinking on it? Yeah, I mean, I lean under for sure. I think maybe there's if there's the bets out there to have the worst record in the NBA, you might be able to get better value on that by betting the Pacers, um, just because there might be multiple teams under that twenty three and a half right. win. And as you said, Evan, there are so many teams on that line. When you look back at last year, who was at the bottom of the Eastern Conference? the Orlando Magic were the worst team at 22. So even the worst team in the NBA was barely under this, which kind of scares me. Right. I just think when you look at the Pacers, they lost their last 10 games um, of the season, like completely committed to the tank. And then you have all these trade rumors where two of your best three players, you're already openly shopping um, to you know sort of allow the future of the Indiana Pacers to come come to the forefront rather than try to win games now. Um, I think you like Halliburton. You're going to let him do his thing in the regular season, see what, um, you know, Benedict Matherin has, your first-round pick. Hopefully Chris Duarte hopes to take some steps. But as we know, Miles Turner is is not the guy for them. He's been openly, uh, you know, discussed in trade, trade talks for years now. Hasn't happened. But I just think this team is – going to compete for the worst record in the nba so why not take under 23 and a half here yeah i completely agree i think this is a team that should be talked about when thinking about the under so and I, that's why i said that 21 number looks pretty to me so we, we can right. stick to that one as well um who is the next team you kind of wanted to talk about in the east aaron philly i think the philadelphia 76ers uh evan i know you're not a philly sixers fan but you're a philadelphia eagles fan and the sports city is loving life right now. Eagles are on top of the world and top of the NFL at four and zero. We invested them in the futures market as well, but it, you know, how do we view the Sixers? Their their counterparts. It seems like James Harden came to camp in shape. Uh, seems like Doc Rivers has has him motivated this year. It appears um, no Ben Simmons hangover like they had last year. What do you think about the Sixers here? I believe their numbers at fifty and a half, and last year they were. Very solid. And what Mitch and I both thought would be a dead straight under um, at the beginning of the season, they actually ended up over this number last year, despite everything that went on. They had 51 wins. Yeah. First of all, go birds for now. Um, (laughs) Second of all, being a big part of uh, Eagles Twitter, I see a lot of overlap with some of those uh, users talking about the Sixers. Um, And there's a lot of hype surrounding the Sixers this year um, in the national media, but also, you know, locally as well um they're really high on their team and yeah like you just said Aaron you know the line is at 50 and a half right now and the fact that they beat that last year and I you know for me I feel like they're even a better team you know this year you got a half year of Harden under your belt you got him in your building for an offseason and with Joel and Maxie working out this offseason um 
you know, obviously lost some weight, looks a lot better. He seems to be more mentally committed to the team. I can't speak to how long that'll last for as long as there's no speed bumps. It seems like he'll be committed. Um, but yeah, I really like them. Um, I think the depth on their team could be a little worrisome, but I like that they traded for D'Anthony Melton, got PJ Tucker, Montrez Harrell. I think he's playing. I don't know. I remember yeah, he was I getting he some too. legal issues, yeah. but I think he's playing. I didn't say anything about it. Right. Um, but yeah, I think the, the addition of Tucker is going to be huge for them. I think from a culture standpoint, um, right. obviously playing with Harden a lot in Houston, I don't think they're going to have to do, they're going to have to do too much, like getting to know one another there. They already know how each other works. I mean, Tucker's a very vanilla basketball player, sit in the corner and play tough physical defense, foul out in the third quarter. <laughs> so, and then I think the, the biggest factor, which is Joel Embiid, and I'll talk about him more whenever we get to the MVP discussion, but um, I mean, we've got a revenge Embiid year this year. He was obviously very vocal about his um, second place in the MVP last year, which, you know, Jokic won, and I think that was fair, but Embiid also made a very strong case, and I think obviously he wants to, to go for that again, and after two straight years of coming so close, I think this year he might actually, you know, make a run for it. And I think he's coming for blood this year. Harden seems more motivated. Got another year with Maxi in the building. I mean, he's their, their young star. And I think they've got all the makings to even be a first seed in the East. So I, I'm feeling really confident in the over here. I, I agree with you. I, and I think this is MB, like, you know how Harden had those two years where he finished second place in MVP voting. I think this is like, the same. This is going to be that year for Joel Embiid. As long as he doesn't get hurt or anything like that, I feel like that's what we're going to get kind of from Embiid this year is that kind of, okay, we might have a little bit of voter like thinking, okay, we kind of passed up on this guy the past two years. I feel like it might be this This is the year we finally should give it to him. And that's why, like, whenever I think about MVP odds, he probably has the more more favorable odds to me or, like, the more likely odds. Um, however, and I, but it all ties into this. I think it all ties in together. You're going to have an MVP year again out of Embiid, a better year out of Harden than we've seen, than we saw last year. I like the pieces around him a lot more. We don't have old and decrepit Danny Green anymore on that team. Mm. So that is just sucking up way too many minutes. Love the, love the addition of Melton. I think this is a better, it's a much better situation for Philly. You have the toughness that you've been, you've been looking for. Um, and PJ Tucker and even Montrez Harrell. So I like where this team is looking and in it, it, it hurts me to my core, especially after I put them in the Russell class last uh, two weeks ago for the uh, Eastern conference tiers, but the over 51 just seems like it, it could be a lock. Yeah. I think this is one of my favorite bets on the wins market. Uh, I was really confident they're undergoing into last season. If you want to go back, check the podcast and laugh at me. Uh, but I think Mitch and more, uh, excuse me, Rob were both aligned there too. There was just so much going on um, from a non-basketball perspective with Ben Simmons. And now you have none of that happening. Um, you have two new guys. Yes. D'Anthony Melton and PJ Tucker, but they're not stars. They're plug and play guys who are committed to the team environment. Um, PJ had his best season uh, in like in the last four or five years last year in Miami. Um, so, I mean, he is really old. I believe he's like 38, but or 37 right now, but he can still do a lot. Um, so I, yeah, I love the Sixers over and I think it's one of my favorite bets on the board. I mean, it's good to know that we're fairly all aligned on where we think the Sixers team has had it. So, you know, that's good. Uh, the next team we wanted to talk about Aaron, the Orlando magic. I was very high on where this team could be this year. And of course, I mean, by very high, I mean, just in the Pat Bev class and, and in that play in tier, um, 
Remind, what was their over under again? Last year or this year? This oh. year. 26 and a half. 26 four, and a half. Four wins higher than last year. Last year they were 22 and a half. Slight under had 22 wins. So they were pretty spot on there. So if anyone FanDuel knows what has I'm them at, FanDuel Sorry, has them at 27 and a half. But I don't know go. what <clears throat> we might. I mean, they're probably different on different books. Yeah. I, uh, if I'm thinking what I'm at, if I think they're a playing team, this is this has to be an over, but I, I can't think it's much more than that. I think it's like a low 30s uh, for them to be in this kind of like tier. Uh, but I, so I still think it's over. I like what their young core has. If we can finally see Jonathan Isaac play basketball for the first time in God knows how long, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how much of an impact he actually has on this game. Evan is shaking his head like he, ha- he has no impact. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, he's still hurt, right? Like, he's, I thought he was I mean, playing. Still, I thought, I thought, no, is he he's not out back? with a, he's out with a hamstring right now. Oh my God. Well, th- so he's the next Greg Oden is what I'm hearing right now. The man is going to be consistently injured with leg injuries. Yeah. It also seems like he's not a huge team guy from what I've heard. Some of the stuff off the court um, seems like he doesn't necessarily ingratiate himself into the team environment. <laughs> Who's shocked? Not well, what you like he, to hear. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. What you like to hear. Either way, still like the over on this, on this team. I love their starting lineup. Uh, just with the young starting lineup that they do have. I like the young pieces that they're working with. Um, I think it's still good enough to be over 26, 27 and a half. I think it's easily a 30 win team. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really big on the magic too. 27 and a half is a big number. I mean, considering the only one, what, 20, 22, I think last year. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, if everything works out with Paolo, I mean, he seemed to be the the runaway at the number one pick. He looked good in the one summer league game that he played. Um, I think he's everything he's cut out to be. I think the big question mark for me is is Jalen Suggs. I mean, he looked pretty bad last year for not good where he was picked in the draft. If he can even improve just slightly, become a dependable guard next to Cole Anthony, and they got Franz Wagner, Paolo, and then you got Wendell Carter Jr. I mean, that's a that's a formidable starting five. I like that a lot against a against a lot of teams in the east um so i'm with you mitch i have them you know hitting that over 27 and a half and that's probably something that i'll lock in for sure i personally don't have a perspective on this this is a stay away for me um i would i'm bullish on the magic as well i think they're definitely better than last year at 22 wins i just can't say or if i think they're going to get to 27 28 i mean it's really you're betting on are they going to be a bottom three team in the east because uh, all the bottom three teams in the East last year were under this number. Um, and then all uh, two of the out of the three out West in the bottom uh, were under this as well. So it really depends if you think they're going to be scratching in the play in Mitch, like you said on the previous podcast, then this is a good bet. Um, you know, Markel Fultz just had another injury. Uh, he was actually starting to come on for them last year when he was playing well. Um, so you are going to be relying a lot more on Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, those types of guys to lead your backcourt. Um, I like Paulo, but a lot's going to be on his shoulders too. Um, Wagner's a good player, but um, it's just really, really young. I'm excited to see what they do offensively, but concerned a bit on the defensive end. So I think there's a lot to learn for this team. And obviously Paulo is the number one guy in the NBA. There's going to be a learning curve for sure. So I don't hate the pick. Just personally don't really have a, have a lean here. That's fair enough. Fair. I don't, 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 I don't hate you for it. Just sad you don't have a lean. Um, another bottom tier team in last year's uh, just standings, 
but a team that we're all, I mean, I know I'm excited for is the Detroit Pistons. Uh, when I looked, correct me if I'm wrong, I had them at 29 and a half. Yeah, that's right. Last year okay. they were at 20, they won 23 games last year. Uh, I love this over. Uh, this is my, this, I bet this over last year. They were at 24 and a half and 25 and a half. It mo- ended up moving to, and they were just under that, but they came on at the end of the season. Um, it looked great. I loved what this team did in the draft. Loved what they did in acquiring some bets. Um, I think this is going to be a really good team. We saw even over the course of the season, the difference of Cade Cunningham and how he was playing, shooting the ball a lot better, playing a lot more confidently. They're going to have another combo guard right next to him uh, in Jaden Ivey. You have a big guy potentially of the future in Jalen Duran, and then you have vets to play around it. Um, I really, really like this team. You're asking for a seven-win jump, which is fairly big. But if you're expecting a downtick from the Pacers, a huge downtick from the Hornets, I think they're going to be able to pick up some wins here and and get to 30. Yeah, I mean, I don't – yeah, I'm kind of like the way you were leaning on the Magic is kind of the way I'm leaning on the Pistons. I don't think I'm going to put too much stock or faith in them just based on, you know, obviously the last, what, four or five years that we've seen from the Pistons. I, I do like, I mean, yeah, their draft, their draft was really, really good. I love, you know, the additions that they have with Jaden Ivey and Duran. I mean, that's going to be really good. Um, You know, next to Cade, I'm excited for their young core, but obviously very young and don't really know how well they'll gel, but I would love to see them play well. That'd be really exciting. My question is this, if you like their young core, I mean, if you, so you like both young cores. You just trust the Magic's more. I do, Correct. and and you have the vets there. Um, your vets in Orlando Wait, hold on. are. Hold on. So I was asking. So you like the Pistons' core. Evan likes the Magic's young core better. Yeah. Correct. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just. I'm. I, I agree on that. I like the young core, of the Pistons more, and I think the reason for the over here, why you're you have a six one gap, is just the veteran veterans involved in the Pistons that you don't have in the Magic. Like Bogdanovich, for example, Boyan Bogdanovich was a huge trade for them a couple of days ago. Um, you, obviously, we have Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, those types of guys. Like, I think it's going to be really easy for them to, for those young guys to learn and actually win games rather than be exciting and, and develop. The other yeah, thing is, absolutely. I also like that you're also putting a guy like Bogdanovich in there and not having Jeremy Grant huck up 25 shots a game which was sucking the life out of that pit. Like talk about a ball yep. stopper on that team last year. Uh, yeah. I also like Sadiq Bay. I mean, that starting lineup is going to be a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also, I am, this is one of my teams I wanted to talk about. And this is my, one of my locks. I mean, 29 and a half is a definite over for me. So I am, I'm, I'm leaning around that like 34, 35 range is what I'm looking at for this Pistons team this year. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, if we think that they can be a playoff team, uh, or a play-in team, rather. And even if they're not a play-in team, like look at the two teams who are outside, on the outside looking in there. Last year, out of the East, the New York Knicks were at 37 and the Washington Wizards were at 35. So even if you're like the 12th best team in the East here uh, and you don't get to the play-in potential that we think they're capable of getting to, they're still going to get over this number, I think, um, barring drastic injury or underperformance. I think you've sold me, Mr. Carter. Let's I think you've it. sold me. I love that. <laughs> Well, I, I, I can be that. persuasive. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's for sure. Uh, well, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this next team because it's kind of a middle-of-the-road team that we've seen coming this next year. A um, lot of, I mean, a lot of, sadly, an injury to one of the one of their starters coming into the, 
I mean, he was injured last year, but like a prolonged injury now for him. Uh, the Chicago Bulls. Um, yeah, Lonzo Ball is going to be hurt for a while, which is unfortunate. Um, but even still, their over-under is over 500 for him. And I had him at 41 and a half. Is that right? Yep, that's right. Yeah. I, I, Evan, I'm ready to hear as you shake your head. I have zero faith in them to, to get over 500. I mean, the way that they finished last year told me everything that I needed. I mean, I don't think you can have another DeMar DeRozan-led team get over 500. Um, obviously, you know, counter, counter partner and Zach, Zach Levine, obviously very good. Um, but other than that, I mean, Booch was just a total disappointment for them last year. Lonzo looks like he'll be out for the entire year. He was a huge guy and running, you know, their transition game for them, starting their offense, even, you know, playing good defense on some of their bigger guards. Um, you know, and I think it's very unlikely that Caruso stays healthy all year, who's a huge piece to their, to their team. Um, he's just so, because of how physical he plays, you know, he's very prone to injury, just puts himself out there, which I respect, but um, not, not super durable was out a lot of last year. Um, and yeah, I mean, the way I saw them end last year, I don't think they're going to get that MVP like season out of DeRozan again. And because of that, I think they go underwhelmingly under. I think I think they get 35 wins this year if they're lucky. Yeah, I think it could be a spicy bet. It's probably plus money for them to miss the playoffs. Um, I think that could be a bet, just considering banking on the fact that they could even just get into the playing game, and then you have opportunities to get out of that bet. Last year, as you said, Evan, they were one of the hottest teams in basketball. They, they were the number one seed in the East for weeks, and then they ended the season at six, barely outside of the play-in tournament with the Nets um, who are right below them and they did the season from hell. Maybe they're better than them this year. And then the next two teams, the Hawks and the Cavs, both had fantastic off-seasons and assume that they're going to be better than they were last year, jumping up above Chicago. Um, and I don't really see outside of Toronto, any of the teams above them last year um, being worse. Um, so I really think it's it's an under 41 and a half. The Lonzo injury is icing on the cake, but Levine is also injury prone, not the yep. highest on Billy Donovan. Um, I know you're very familiar with him, Evan, but mm-hmm. he seems like a good coach, developed some guys well, but generally when it comes ceiling. to building a contender, right? Yeah, he definitely has a ceiling. So I like the under 41 and a half wins as well. Yeah, they're plus 122 to miss the playoffs. So that's, yep, that is I very like that. spicy. I like that. I might like be, be taking that too. Cause I think, Aaron, after, to make it even more, my math even make less sense for uh, my tier system. After further discussion, I think this is in is in that uh, Pat Bev class. I just I agree. especially with especially with this Lonzo um, injury now and the uncertainty of it. I think this team falls into that play in category. Um, and with that, I'm predicting around that 38, 37 wins. Is kind of what that like competitive Eastern Conference is going to be like fighting for for that like nine ten spot. So I'm not liking where this Bulls team is at right now, and I also agree with Evan. And I said this on the pod whenever we're talking Eastern Conference tiers. We, I mean, you're expecting a much older Demar Derozan to have another peak season. Last year, mm-hmm. was definitely his best season he's ever had. However. I'm not loving the idea of him having another great season like that to carry him as much as he did and also to stay healthy doing so. So it's, it's and to have to carry as much weight as he did. It's, it's a little alarming for me. 
Yeah, quick counterpoint on the Bulls, because, I mean, this is a team, as I said, I always say my hometown Chicago Bulls. I do really enjoy this team, and DeMar has quickly become one of my favorite players in the NBA. I think he's really easy to root for, just everything he's gone through. Um, Recently, actually had a great interview on the J.J. Redick podcast recently um, that, if you guys haven't checked out, is definitely worth listening to. But a quick counterpoint on the Bulls is that Pat Williams essentially missed the entire year last year. He's back and healthy. He actually looked pretty good against the Bucs. He was one of their bright spots when the rest of the Bulls team couldn't shoot threes, and he was effectively knocking down threes and spacing the floor, and he's a really good defender. Io DeSunmu showed some uh, highlights here and there last year. Maybe he takes a step. So those are two potential counterpoints on why the Bulls might be able to sustain you know, mediocrity there in the middle tier of the Eastern Conference. But um, generally, I think, you know, we have a lot of concerns with this team explicitly size down low, which they didn't solve in the off season and then shooting as well. They still don't have any perimeter shooting outside of really Zach Levine uh, and Patrick Williams. I mean, they did sign Andre Drummond. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a huge pickup. Well, it's better than Tony Tony Bradley. Bradley. Evan, you both know what Tony Bradley is capable of. He's better than Tony Bradley. He's better than Tristan Thompson, but it's still Andre Drummond. I mean, he's also very injury prone i actually did like him uh in spot minutes for the nets but steve nash like he also has liabilities like steve nash was pulling him after four minutes of being in their last so erratic for the nets so erratic fair enough fair enough um all right what's next oh the bottom feeders the bottom feeders the people who definitely deserve deserve and deserve all the hate and what's going to be happening to them this year um and they looked terrible in their first preseason game Granted, it's, it's against my Boston Celtics, but boy, do they look horrendous. Well, it's the Charlotte Hornets, and last year their over-under was 36.5. They went over that. It was one of our favorite bets, Mitch. Yes, sir. Uh, they hit it easy, 43 wins. This year, it's the same exact line, and I am very confused as to why they essentially are arguing for no change uh, in that line. You have the catastrophe with Miles Bridges, who is one of your most exciting young players, you have a weird coaching decision. Um, didn't like James Brago, believed that he should have been fired after those two horrendous playing losses that they had the last two years. But going back to the coach and Steve Clifford that had consistently had you in mediocrity, if not below mediocrity, and is clearly not the guy to coach some of these young players. It's, it seems like personality-wise, he's not going to be a good fit with Lamelo and some of these other guys. Um, I just think it's a really weird roster. Gordon Hayward, one of your top guys, always gets hurt. Um, you know, I just think this is a dead straight under, and they're not even going to be in the playing game uh, this year as they were last year at the 10 seed. And as I said, the 12th seed last year in the New York Knicks was 37. So I think they're going to be right around this number, and I would bet more often than not they're going to be under. Yeah, I love that bet. I mean, Hornets have always been so hot and cold, and I think they're going to trend way more towards cold this year just because of all the reasons you you both said. I mean, I I hate the position that they're in. Kind of feel bad for LaMelo, um, but it is what it is, and this is what – I mean, this is a streaky team, and they're going to be on a, on a downspin this year, I think, with the coaching change. And, yeah, like you said, you know, their most improved player candidate out for the year, and who knows if he'll ever make a comeback. So, yeah. Yeah, the other thing I wanted to even bring up was this is also a team that other teams are going to try to pick guys off of when come like come to trade deadline. Like Gordon Absolutely. Hayward, 
injury prone mess, Good but call. he's still a viable guy to have off the bench. Terry Rozier is another like. Uh, spark plug to have i mean he's a good two guard to have starting on this shitty team but he also just is a good guy to have a, another guy to come off the bench and throw up 15 in a game for you um mason plumley you know, we i mean man just what an incredible center um no i'm sorry um but to be honest with you i feel like this is the team that other teams are just going to try to pick guys off of when it comes near the trade deadline so as teams ramp up for the playoffs um, I know this is a team that the Lakers were also rumored in, but then again, when has the Lakers not been rumored with the team at this point? So, um, you know, I, th- I I don't understand why the line is. I mean, the over under is what it's at, but it's a definite under, and I think that's one of the that's one of the teams that we have all three of us on on the same point with. It seems like it's going to be a great fantasy team and stat stuffing team. Uh, I think their offense is going to be exciting on certain nights. But like you said, Evan, they are so hot and cold. That's what's crazy. Whenever you turn on League Pass, you have no idea what you're getting from the the Hornets on any given night. Like, I've right. seen them go toe-to-toe to Warriors and then get blown out by 30 to the Knicks. Like, it just it's completely unpredictable. And maybe that says more about what James Borrego was. Um, but I don't, I don't necessarily believe in their new coaching uh, tree as well. So I, I think you got to go under. If you like the over... I would just stay away. I, I think this is going to be a bad team this year. Completely agree. Um, so that's our six Eastern Conference team we wanted to talk about. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back with the, what, eight Western Conference teams we wanted to talk about. So we're talking about half the league anyways. We said we weren't going to talk about all of them, so we get we cut we cut it in half. Um, but <laughs> we'll be right back. Brief. Yeah, yeah, a little more, more brief. More briefer, briefer. <laughs> briefer than boxers. Um, we'll be right back. We're back with the Western Conference, and we're going to talk about every everyone's favorite team to talk about, and actually my least favorite team to ever discuss, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron. 45 and a half? Perfect. That's right. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Under. Fat under. No touchy. Under 500. See you later. Bye-bye. All right, that's all I have to say. Go ahead. That's my, that's my in-depth analysis. <laughs> yeah, I mean – Go ahead, Evan. No, I was about to say that was profound. That's it. <laughs> profound. <laughs> Profound's the word I was going to say, Evan. That was great. Um, 33 wins last year. So they're banking on, a, a if you're hoping for this, over a 13-win improvement. Now, they were pretty horrendous last year, but I don't necessarily think they got better as a team. And you still have all of the same issues, the question marks around Russell Westbrook, general L.A. drama, I think LeBron will be great statistically, but from winning ball games, there were so many times we backed them last year thinking LeBron's been playing great. He's going to figure out a way to win, uh, win this game. They're close to the playing tournament. Uh, and it just never happened. Like he just can't hold it up on his own anymore with that team around him. Um, they don't have wing defenders. They don't have wing shooters. Um, and obviously Anthony Davis still, still continues to get hurt. And he's, he's the guy who needs to step up for them if they Anthony are going to hit this over. So I agree. I think it's an under really don't understand why they are so high from this perspective, as well as other markets that we're going to talk about later, but I agree. Def- definitely an under. Yeah. I mean, Aaron, you hit the, the nail on the head there with, I mean, the reason they won the championship in 2020 is because of their wing shooters and defenders and they got rid of all of them. You know, they don't have them anymore. Caruso, right. you've got Kuzma and KCP all gone. Those are three huge pieces for them in that, in that bubble run. 
and that made them like a consistent team throughout the throughout the season. I mean, it's a long season and you need those type of players to pick up on nights when LeBron or AD sit out or have off games. They just don't have those guys anymore. So they're just putting all of their eggs in the basket of LeBron and AD. And they showed last year that they weren't dependable. I mean, I, I never, I'm never going to bet against LeBron, but I'll, I'll be very prone to, to bet against Anthony Davis. And as a Russell Westbrook apologist, I understand why people bet against him. I mean, the man is just completely inconsistent and you can't, you can't have him as your third best player as your third option. Um, it'll be interesting to see what sort of culture changes Pat Bev brings. I don't think he brings a lot of, talent <laughs> but maybe he 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 ignites a fire under them um i i don't know i have i have no i have nothing like no bearings on the lakers at all i could see them winning 50 games i could see them winning 30 and i think that's a insane range but you're absolutely right um so i i can't also but let's not forget russell westbrook has a new jump shot now russell westbrook have, have <laughs> They, they say his, his three-point percentage has gone up in practice. It's like, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. It's like Ben Simmons shooting threes in practice. It doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't. Yeah. And also, two of their starters are Kendrick Nunn and Damian Jones. So, I don't know. I, I, think, it's, I think their roster is really, really bad. I think Darvin Ham could be good. Um, but some of these guys are vets that are they going to listen to a coach? That's going to be, you know, yell at them and take a different what seems like a different approach from Frank Vogel in that sense. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think and just being in L.A., like the media is going to consistently talk about this team. There's going to be so much pressure. LeBron's going to be trying to break the record uh, all time scoring. You know, there's a lot of other considerations that matter more for this team right now than wins. Uh, It's yeah, I just think there's way too many variables going going into it to bank on 46 or more. I can't, I will not be disagreeing with you, as I have said. Under. Um, all right, on to the next one. Two years ago, this team was in the finals. Last year, they had an, they got sunned by Luka Doncic in the second round, and now they're just falling apart at the seams. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, 53 and a half. What on earth is this line? Yeah, uh, I think this is my favorite of the entire board. I had five out of five confidence last year and they're 51 and a half. And they had an incredible regular season, 64 wins uh, by far the best record. They have almost an identical over under this year in what could, couldn't be, you know, almost a polar opposite off season for them. Deandre Ayton, that whole concern, Jay Crowder is now going to be going away from the team. Uh, Chris Paul, and the way that that season ended last year was really, really weird. You have Devin Booker tweeting out the LeBron, basically don't listen to the haters video after they lose a preseason game to this Australian team. Uh, there's, there's a lot of weird stuff going on right now. You have the Robert Sarver thing. Um, this is an underman. There's no way. Uh, the third best team in the West last year, Golden State, barely got over this number at 53. They are not going to be a top three seed in the West. Uh, I have strong conviction in that. So I definitely think under. I see where you're coming from. I see how everything's kind of unfolded over the past couple of weeks, but as a famous Lee Corso says, not so fast. I think we still have to evaluate all the talent that this team has. We have to, I mean, sure. Deandre might not be happy, but he's still a top 
I don't know what we want to say. And 10 this center. Is, yeah, top top tier big man. They've got one of the greatest point guards of all time. And they've got one of the best young superstars in the league. And then they've got, you know, two great wing guys and Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. I mean, Cam Johnson could show improvement defensively, but I think if Mikhail Bridges can take a step up offensively, take more of a of a weight off of Chris Paul during the regular season, I think that'd be huge. Um, we've seen this team be a great regular season team. I think they can continue that trend. I, I think it's a stay away for all the reasons you said, Aaron, but I'm not so high on them like being drastically under. I, I would not be surprised if this team came out and won 55 games. Mm. I really wouldn't. So – I see your side and I think it's dumb. No, uh, no, I truly just, I, I do agree with you. Cam Johnson showed when everyone was out at some point last year, when both Chris Paul and Booker were both out, Cam Johnson showed why he is, why he was drafted where he was drafted. The Suns looked great. I mean, looked smart about it. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's in the NBA. Um, Well, he he shoots over 40% from deep. Like he's real, a really good shooter. And he, Moves really fluidly. Now, now he's starting to have like a pull-up jumper. As you said, defensively, he's kind of a little soft. But I, I don't hate that they got rid of Jay Crowder for him. It's just you're losing depth, and he, and he didn't replace him with anything. And I think they're going to be a, a team that's buying at the trade deadline. I think they're going to be looking for a, either a vet or somebody to come and fill that wing spot or even that big spot. I can see them as a potential buyer. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely like get whenever guys get bought out after the deadline, they're going to be – a team that people are going to want to go to for sure. They didn't do anything with Crowder though yet. He's still technically on the team. And so I, I wonder what they didn't report to training camp though. Right. I wonder what they can get back for him. And if it's for me, they need any sort of depth and whether it's another guard, that's not named Cameron Payne um, (laughs) or God, (laughs) <laughs> um, but I also agree with you, Evan. I think this is a year that Mikel Bridges is, is not just a like a super NBA nerd like name that just we know. I think this is a name. This is the year he becomes probably second. I mean, third if not second best player on this team. I really like what he can do for this team this year um, with both sides of the ball, and he comes up later for me um, uh, when it comes to award time. Yeah, I mean, he almost like won Defensive Player of the Year last year. Um, I thought he improved a lot with his personal shot creation. He wasn't relying on just catch-and-shoot threes. Right. He ended up developing this really, really nice fadeaway. And he's got such long arms where he gets to the mid-range and can just all of a sudden turn around on defenders and nice 15-foot jumper when Booker's out and Paul needs a breather. Um, so I, I totally believe in Mikhail Bridges. I just think when you look at the rest of the West – and the rest of the NBA, for that matter, the Suns were such an outlier and the rest of the teams in the NBA were barely over this number. And that was the top tier of the NBA last year. The entire Eastern Conference, the best team, Miami Heat, was only one game over the Suns season total that we're looking at right now. I just don't think they're like the number one, number two caliber team in the West anymore. Um, and so that's why I think it's it's I lean under here. But uh, I agree, there's a ton of talent here. And if they can figure out all of the chemistry things and silence all everything else that's going on with the organization i think they can still be a really good team uh i just don't know if they're going to win 53 games totally fair speculation we move on to the next team the team that dunked them underwater in game seven and just mm-hmm. treated them like the older brother i treated them like an older brother at a pool um the dallas mavericks 
48 and a half. And I'm going to start. I'm under and I'm under big time. And well, not big time. Like 42 and 40 is what I'm seeing the record. Wow. Luka Doncic going to have a great year and he's not going to win MVP because his team is going to be in the bottom three, bottom three seed in the play at the Western conference this year. Like they're going to be a team like fighting for the play in. I mean, fighting in a play-in game, like at near the end of the season. Like, I don't love just what this team looks like. So they're going to be worse before. than last year. I think they'll be worse than last year. Wow. I don't like their depth moves. I think this is a team. I, I think Jalen Brunson, losing Jalen Brunson was huge. You're also now relying on a more inefficient and a less – I don't want to say aggressive because he's just like overly aggressive in Spencer Dinwiddie and just not as good defense, not good defensively at all. Like how the Suns didn't take advantage of Spencer Dinwiddie just shook me. But then again, the Mavericks play good team defense. We'll see if they can stick to that this year and how actually is Christian Wood actually going to be good for them and actually play hard. We'll see, but there's a lot of question marks up in the air. Don't get me wrong. Luka Doncic is incredible about the sport of basketball. I just have a lot of questions on where the heck this team goes, and especially the fact that JaVale McKee is going to be their starting center who hasn't really been a starting center since he was playing for the Washington Wizards. So, Evan, any thoughts on this before I jump in? Yeah, I mean, I think all of Mitchell's um, points are completely valid. Um, Thank you. Right. I, I was leaning the exact same way. I thought you guys were going to be leaning towards the over because I've never had a lot of faith in the Mavericks. I mean, totally dependent on one player um and when if luke has a bad game which he will have i mean they've got nothing else to rely on no big to rely on um i don't think he has any really good counterpart whereas you could argue jalen brunson was his counterpart last year who really helped pick up on the games that he was out i mean we saw that in the playoffs against that in the first round with the jazz i mean jalen brunson was huge for them i mean it's the reason they probably won that series um so I, I'm leaning towards the under two, but I don't like betting against Luca. Um, probably a stay away from me, but I would definitely lean under. Yeah, maybe it's a stay away, but I, I have the under here too. Um, I had their over. It was the exact same line last year at 48 and a half. They hit it at 52. Um, I just think when you look at the team, I mean, maybe they don't fall off five wins from last year, but I think Jalen Brunson is at least worth a few of those. And then you have, potential injury concerns with Luca. We've seen him go out for a few weeks here and there, and he does have so much on his shoulders, um, similar to Jokic. Like it is a really heliocentric team. Uh, and I, I like what Jason Kidd's done there. Like defensively, he's somehow created this defensive juggernaut out of a team that really doesn't have like an A plus one-on-one defender, uh, which is pretty fantastic. And they've essentially just bought into the analytics of we're going to shoot threes and just, spread the perimeter. It's kind of like a Houston Rockets, Mike D'Antoni situation a little bit offensively with Luca instead of Harden. Um, so I do think that's winning basketball just statistically from today's NBA, but I just think they're a little bit worse of a team and the West got better as well with the Nuggets. Um, specifically, I'm thinking of potentially taking some of those wins. Um, and Clippers too. And the Clippers, right? Pelicans perhaps. So you have some teams yeah. moving up um, that might take away some of these wins. And I was high in the Mavericks last year. I know you and Evan, you and I were both really high on them during the jazz series. Um, yeah. But like, I think we can 
overcorrect and attribute way too much credit to them because of their playoff success, which was, I think, kind of circumstantial. Like the Jazz run-in was really lucky for them. They were in a bad situation. And the Suns, I mean, good luck explaining that series to anybody. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then we kind of saw their true colors in the Western Conference Finals. So I, I think people are going to kind of be buying high on them right now. And I'd rather, I'd rather sell and, and hit the under here. Feel that. Fair enough. Um, not either of our teams, Aaron, but my brother's team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, Here we go. I'm going to let Evan cook. That's just what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to let him stand there. Let I'm going to let him. Cook. I'm going to let. Jeez. I'm going to let him just stand there and beat his guy off the dribble. I'm going to stand in the corner. Go go for it, Evan. Okay. Same okay. line as last year at 23 and a half. Um, they won 24 games last year, so they barely hit the over. Um, wow. That was with a huge stint of, of Shea being out. Um, a lot of weird injuries last year. Dort was out for a big chunk of time. Giddy was out for a chunk of time. Uh, Poku was out for a chunk of time. Such a massive <laughs> a part of their, of their um, lineup. No, yeah, that, that last one was a joke. Um, but apparently Poku put on 20 pounds, which, I mean – that's not nothing. I mean, that's something for him. I mean, not it, nothing. If he could be just not somebody off pick. the bench to eat, eat up some minutes, be somewhat stable defensively and put up good shots. Anyways. Um, yeah. Like I said, 24 games last year. And I mean, I genuinely think they're a better team. I think they knocked the draft out of the park. Obviously unfortunate that, you know, chat goes down um, in preseason or not in preseason, just off season with his injury. Um, but I think they did great in the draft. I mean, they had three top top eleven picks. Jalen Williams looks like he's going to be a great pick um, out of um, where Sam Clara, right? Yeah, we go. Yeah, um, he's looked great so far, and I mean, all Thunder people are raving about him. Um, people in the building say that he's a great fit for their culture. And I mean, we had a great quote from Shea last week who says that they, he doesn't expect this team to be losing for much longer. I don't know if he means this season, but I think hearing that from him shows that he's going to be fighting no matter what. And I think we, when you see Shea last year, I mean, there was a stretch there where he was averaging 30 points a game over the span of, I think it was like the month of March or maybe it was February. February um, when they were beating the Lakers twice. Dude, dude can get hot. I mean, he's, he's one of the most exciting players to watch. I love that he's on my team. He's totally bought into the culture. He's bought into the process. Um, and I, I can see this team. I mean, I, like I said, they're better than last year. They hit their over last year. It's the same line as last year. They obviously don't have the roster to make a playoff run or a play-in run, um, especially, you know, with losses chat, but they are not worse than last year. And I think they can easily hit that 24 game mark. I think the big if is if they decide to tank, I mean, that's definitely an, a possibility, but we saw last year, 24 wins got them the number three pick. So I don't think that it's that crazy. I think they can still get the best odds in the league at the number one pick if they win 24, 25 games. So I think Thunder will be a fun team to watch this year for me. Most people probably don't think so. Um, But I just love the young talent they have. Dort, Shea, Getty, great young core. I'm excited. Yeah. It's an over over for me. With Chet, I would 100% be betting this over. Um, Without... I have pause, but I still lean over. I think 
I said it on the Western Conference preview, this team is better than a 24-win team of what their win total was because you take into yeah. account how many games that Shea Gilgis Alexander has played the last two years. He's averaged 45 games a year. The last two played 70 his first year with the Thunder, played the full 82 with the Clippers. I would love to see him play 82 games yeah. uh, and see what this team can get to. If he plays a full season, which now maybe isn't 82, but like 70 um, with all the rest and what happens, like I think this team is definitely over 23 and a half. It's just a matter of that question and then also the tanking. And part of me is scared to bet an over with Sam Presti uh, just because you don't know what he's going to do and might ruin your bet with one flick of the wrist and a decision that is that is sent to the coach. Um, yeah. But I do like a lot of the young talent, Evan, and I think they are better than a 23.5-win team. Um, we're going to get to some of the other teams as well, but I think the Rockets will be better this year. Um, the Blazers will be better than they were last year as well. I mean, the West is going to be pretty competitive kind of near the bottom as well. The Spurs won't be a slouch. They have the worst roster in the NBA, I think, but – Popovich makes that team play really hard always. So I don't know. It might be hard to come by some of these wins, but they're talented enough uh, to, to get to 24 for sure. Absolutely. Take advantage of some games where teams are thinking this is a win and then right. they can kind of take off. Um, I take the over as well. I feel like we're just taking the same. I think the Western Conference are mostly aligned, but I think this next team is one we could have some differing opinions mm. on. The Houston Rockets. Aaron, what's this line? 23 and a half as well. So that's what I'm saying. It's like these teams are yeah. all bunched up together and the book, which is great. Cause if you have conviction on this, the sports books don't know what to do here. Um, yeah. Like they are all putting this team in the, they kind of take like the class system, Mitch, oh, what we do. Like these are right. all, they put four or five teams in the same class and they're like, all right, we don't know how this is going to shake out. So if you like the Rockets more than the Thunder, you know, it's an easy decision for you. Yeah. For me, I'm going to make this quick. And this one should be a quick one, honestly. High 20s. think this mm. is the over. think you're going to see a great year out of Jabari Smith. think you're going to see a much better year out of Jalen Green. And I think you're also going to see just like hopefully a good Steven Silas here. Maybe just a, a year because he's competing for his job too at this point. I feel like this is a year where he's kind of like the year you got to kind of show next year's contract, uh, next year's worth it to bring you back. So I think I think this is an over. I think this is like okay, we're not going to be competing for a bottom, a top three pick, but man, a top ten pick wouldn't be too terrible. But I think I think sitting at that high twenty, low thirty number is a kind of like that thirty two to twenty eight number is kind of where they should be hitting. Yeah, I'm I'm high on the over too as well. I mean, I'm a not a huge Rockets fan at all, but I believe in the team this year. Uh, obviously, the worst team in the league last year, um, but. 23 and a half wins is their line. I think they can comfortably hit the over. I like that Christian Wood is out of the building for them. Opens up some more shots and playing time and space for the younger guys. I mean, I love, I think Jalen Green has enormous potential. Obviously, so does Jabari Smith, even like Shungun. Um, I think it all is going to come down to really what Jabari can bring to them. Um, prove that he was, you know, supposed to be that number one pick that everybody thought he was going to be. See if he can be that guy. Um, and I think if he does, this team could easily win 25, 26 games. And Jabari looked really good for what it's worth in his first preseason game, shot the ball yeah. well, and that's what he's going to be. He's going to be a knockdown shooter. And they have more than enough shot creators and ball handlers already. Tari Eason, I think, is going to be awesome. As Mitch said on the last podcast, don't even have a soft job for him at this point. Absolutely love the guy. Um, <laughs> 
but like I think all you're hoping for if you're Steven Silas and the Rockets is stability. Like last year, the Rockets were the definition of a roller coaster. They won one game uh, between the start of the season and November 22nd. I think they lost up to like 18 or 19 games in a row. It was then terrible. they had strung off eight victories in a row. Then they went off uh, not winning a game in the month of February. <laughs> and then they finished the season with a seven, uh, losing, seven game losing streak as well. Uh, so, like, I think it's pretty hard to believe that they go through that amount of losing streaks once again, right. and they somehow still hit 20 wins last year. Uh, so I, I agree. I think it's got to be an over based on talent alone. I have no idea what we're going to get from Steven Silas, but if you can get him to just, like, create stability and get these guys to be confident and play together and share the rock and maybe even show up on the defensive end of the floor, I think they're going to get over this number. My final word, then we're going to move on. You know, I wanted Jalen Green to have a good year, but going three for 12 in last night's game is kind of not what I was looking for. So thank you for just shoving that right in my face, Jalen Green. Um, it's a okay. long year. It's a long, long season. The only yeah, concern right. I have with this team is they have so many guys that want to take shots. And it's going to be – Steven Silas is going to have his hands full of trying to figure out how to – because these – with basketball today, like – these guys have been taught since day one that they are they're the guy. AU, high school, everything, like college, if they went right. there, like that's hard. That's a hard mentality to get out of, I'm sure. I've never felt that. So thankfully, but like Jalen Green, KPJ, Jabari Smith Jr., all of these guys have the same exact mentality. So it'll be interesting to see how they actually split it up and if they can get past their ego. I don't know, Aaron, senior year uh, intermediate season had to be the, the second best guy on our team. So I peak peak Aaron basketball, you and Kyle, uh, Kyle Chisholm, man, you were the two best, two best guys on that team. Uh, people yep. forget um, <laughs> on to the next one. I, I don't know why I didn't throw my team in here, but uh, we're going to do your team, Aaron. Uh, the Denver Nuggets had him at 15, 15 and a half. I'm going to let Aaron cook a little bit. But it's going to be yeah. a slow Jokic cooker um, because the man moves at the speed of a snail. So um, fire it off. Evan can appreciate this is a good cook, but this is like roasting a nice pork butt for like eight, nine hours. You're making a nice carnitas. You're seasoning it throughout, turning it around, eventually shredding it. This is going to be a slow cook. And you're right, Mitch. That's how Jokic moves on the floor. Uh, this team had the worst supporting cast of, pretty much any decent team last year in the NBA and they had 48 wins. Obviously Jokic was again, an MVP and played fantastic, but, and I do have concerns with how Murray's going to look and how MPJ is going to look coming off of injuries and if they can stay healthy, but generally this team improved a ton and you're bringing back two all-star caliber guys and you filled out some gaps in the role player positions with KCP Bruce Brown. I think Bones Highland is a great candidate for six man of the year, most improved player. I think he's going to be an electric fan favorite type of guy and Jokic won't be asked to do as much. And hopefully he stays healthy again. Like that's the great thing is we have seen no signs that Jokic is injury prone. Um, and from stars, you know, that's coming pretty few and far between these days in the NBA. So I think the fact that they are two wins better this year is a pretty low bar. Uh, I, I think they're going to be a top five seed in the West and they're definitely going to get over 49 and a half. So you had them at 49 and a half? I think so. Was it 48 and a half? Well, I had it at 50 and a half. 
Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I think different books are like one win or so off. I think I said this last year too, is like shop around because every book is slightly different, either odds wise or wins wise. Take so I like it. it. Yeah, if I can get 49 and a half, I'll take it. I'll take 50 and a half too. Gotcha. Ev? I love the Nuggets this year. I mean, with Jamal Murray back, hopefully he's 100%. Seems like he is. I mean, they said, you know, there was slight talks of him and MPJ being able to come back in the postseason. So I feel like with a mm-hmm. full summer, full offseason, full full preseason with with him being, you know, close to 100%, I love that, you know, for this Nuggets team. That's what they've desperately missed last year and at the end of the year before. Um, I, I hope Jamal Murray could come back without a hitch. Um, I think the big question mark is, yeah, going to be Michael Porter Jr., as we all know too well. Um, but I don't have a lot of belief in the man, but he's got – uh, uh, like an insane ceiling, like Michael Jordan said, the ceiling is the roof for that guy. Um, so right. he he's a one of the best shot makers in the league, one of the best shots. And I think that the the future of the team really is going to rely on how he performs. I mean, you know what you're going to get out of Jokic. I mean, he's just simply a top three player in the league. You know, you're going to get that out of him. It's just really going to come down to what those what the rest of the squad can bring. I, Aaron talked about it. Their depth is what makes me happy. And their depth is what makes me like very confident in this team. MPJ could go down for a whole 20 game stretch. And I don't think this number could be affected. That's, that's where I lie on that. However, I do think MPJ, actually, that this is not going to make any sense what I'm about to say after that statement, but I'm just going to say it anyways. (laughs) MPJ, Raises that team ceiling, but also brings that full. Uh, he, yeah, he is that player on any team. On any team, he is the one who can impact a team from that high to that low without it being like an actual star. Like he's one of the role players that can affect a win loss total as much as anyone, more than anyone in the league. I feel like as a, as in the role he's playing for this team, if that makes any sort of sense. But even still, I think this team can hit the over. I think this is a perfect situation for them. Kind of getting Murray back, getting actual rotation guys who are usable and not going to ruin your head. Plus, Bones Highland, another guy I'm going to bring up later, is going to is looking to have a better year than he did last year. He's going to be one of my favorite guys to watch on the court um, and on, on league pass whenever um, we're working through like end end of games. I'm ready to switch over to that the Nuggets stream to watch that. Yeah, and I think I mean I totally get what you're saying, Mitch, on the the swings that Michael Porter Jr. has and the influence he has on this team. I think part of that's just because he's in almost undescribable, unmatchable player. Like he's kind of essentially a very poor man's version of KD, Jabari Smith, kind of same thing. Like the build and shooting ability. It's an unblockable shot that when he's healthy, shooting at a 45% clip, six threes a game is pretty incredible. Um, So I completely agree. I mean, he could change the playoff series for you if you get there. I just think also a thing to consider with this team is how, how frustrated they were last year and Jokic and Mike Malone specifically of having this guy in this window and not knowing you're not going to be able to climb the mountain this year with your supporting cast. And I think there's something to be said for capitalizing on this window when you have it. Um, And I actually think Mike Malone is a pretty good coach in that sense and seems to have 
good team chemistry around this around this organization. So I think there's some exterior motivation as well, like getting beaten the playoffs pretty handily by the Warriors, all that stuff plays into motivation for this year. So I I really think this is a 50 win team for sure. Love it. Love it. Again, once a lot, all aligned. I feel like if you're listening to this pod, you know where we're leaning, and I feel like these are yep. just solid picks to even take. Aaron talked about this team very highly in our Western Conference tiers pod. I didn't completely understand it, but you know, here we are. Um, the New Orleans Pelicans. I, I, what was lining in? Forty-four and a half, I believe. Forty-four and a half. So we're over five hundred. Over five hundred. Aaron's taking like you know take an alt spread around like 48 and a half. I can feel it. Um all right, go for it, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna cook back to back times here. But tell me if I'm crazy because I feel like I'm taking crazy pills a bit with this team. You are uh, putting them in my Russell tier, Russell class. Um, and it, the thing that scares me is it is a relatively big jump when you look around the NBA of what their win total was last year versus um what their line is this year. You're asking essentially for an eight win increase, nine win increase from last year. But um, when you look at how the playoffs shook out last year, the top seven teams were all over this number. And I just mm-hmm. think it comes down to thinking the Pelicans could be a top seven team. They ended up being the eighth team in the Western conference after the plane was all said and done, albeit they had a lower regular season win total. Um, but I just think you have a huge variable swinging back into the fold in Zion Williamson, who was the fourth most efficient player in the NBA when he played two years ago under Stan Van Gundy (laughs) Uh, and a completely different situation here. You have more stars, better role players, a better head coach. Uh, It seems like now an excited basketball city in New Orleans, which didn't seem like that was the case a while back. And you have confidence after taking what was the number one seed in the Western conference to six games last year and playing your asses off. So I think this, the ceiling and the arrow is only pointing up here for the Pelicans. The number is maybe weird here, but I just think they're going to be significantly better. So I'm going to bank on the over. I mean, tremendous ceiling with this team with Zion. If you get a full healthy season with him, full healthy season with Ingram, um, I think they have tremendous potential, but I think that's, that's a lot um, of stock to be putting in those players, especially with, how injury prone they've all been this year or not this year, but in the past, um, I would love it. I would love it. If you're right, I'd love it to see Zion get a full year in him. Um, yeah, maybe make a run for one of these season awards. Who knows? Um, but I, I would love to see the Pelicans do well this year. I don't know if I have faith in it, but there's definite potential. I have no idea. I, I really don't, but this is like kind of where I, a little higher than I would even expect them. I was thinking around like that 42 range, so still over 500, but barely. And I agree with Evan, like the injuries are what's going to scare me. I do think now you have a full year of CJ McCollum, which helps. Um, and I also think this is a team that could be buyers at the deadline, um, a team that could move some younger pieces that they have to get a vet and kind of like do what they did last year to yeah. get McCollum, like do make a similar move. Crap, I don't know. Um, I personally love – one point I wanted to make is I love the fact that you're thinking about what they're going to do during the season from a GM perspective because uh, that tells you exactly like where the franchise is 
you know, what basket they're putting their eggs in. Like this team is all in by all accounts and intents and purposes. They're all in by resigning CJ, extending Zion. I mean, they have a future here with some of the young guys, but I, I love that you're bringing up that point. Maybe a better bet here is for them to make the playoffs. I think it's minus 165 odds. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, as I said last year, seven of the eight playoff teams were over this number. So you're just kind of getting better odds with the win total, but you can possibly plan for the fact that they could sneak their way in from a play in tournament that maybe they win fewer than 44 and a half games. So maybe that's the bet here. I just think that the Pelicans will be better and will make the playoffs. Yeah. I'm going to just abstain and not bet. So that's, that's where I'm going to go with that one. Um, Final team, and then we're going to shut up about over-unders for the time being, uh, the Sacramento Kings, the team that Aaron and I will continually always be let down by, and we have brought Evan on to stop us. <laughs> you know what? I've, I've literally got nothing to, to say about the Kings. I have nothing to say about them. Damn it, Evan. You're our, you're our one man to stop have, us from I saying have zero. All I, all I have to say is I have zero faith. I have zero faith in what the Kings are selling me. Almost almost. 100% because Alvin Gentry is their coach. No, no longer. It's Mike Brown. Is it that, is Mike Brown. Did I miss that? Yeah. Well, Alvin it was Gentry during was the, the world. It was like during the playoffs last year. Because mm-hmm. well, he was like, because he was the fill in for Steve. Oh, Kirk, yeah. yeah, COVID, yeah. I, and they okay. were saying, oh, he's the Kings coach. And then he was making a lot of weird, questionable decisions. Okay, so that's okay. So I've seen that clip circulating of Mike Brown screaming at the media day. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. And it still well, might not be a positive. So like, well, no, I don't whatever think it your take was, like, I I don't necessarily disagree with you. Um, I just think it's weird that and Mitch talk about taking crazy pills. We we both are with the Kings. I feel like always continue, but their their win total is three wins lower than it was last year preseason. And I think this team is undebatably better, at least on paper. I don't know. They had um, Tyrese Halliburton last year. Okay, yeah, but now you have uh, Kevin. I mean, look at the look at all the role players they have. Not to mention Sabonis, uh, right. Kevin Herter, Keegan Murray, Malik Monk. Uh, retained Rashawn Holmes. Retained uh, uh, Harrison, Harrison Barnes. Barnes. Didn't decide to trade him. You have another year of Davion Mitchell. He started to play better during the end of the year. Um, you got my guy. Oh, my God. I'm blanking on his name right now. Met, uh, not Metu, who I always confuse him with, but the other big. What's his oh, name? Oh, shoot. The guy who just swats everything from Utah. Yes, Utah State guy. Um, yeah, you got him like waiting in the wings. But I just really like this team on paper. I think they're really, really talented. And asking for four more wins seems like... Uh, way too tempting but right. it is the kings so i'm scared and maybe i won't bet this and just root for it but i think that i think it's going to be a fun team man i really like the keegan murray pick i feel like he works well and it's just a full year of sabonis as well so hopefully fox and sabonis can figure out that tandem and they got a lot of good wings to to surround them yeah i'm taking you over that's that's it i, I i'm done <laughs> we're, we're, we can't handle it anymore i you guys need already, to go to a support. You guys need to go to a support group or something for this. <laughs> Evan, I've done so much now that I have started a franchise for them on 2K. That's that's how deep yeah. we've gone in this. I've yeah. I've started to plan how can the Kings get better 
during a freaking franchise. So why don't you guys is. go to Sacramento for a game this year if you love them so much? We should Aaron, that. can That'd we do that? Fun. That would can be we, fun. Can we fly to Sacramento and do absolutely oh nothing else? Yeah, because there's right. nothing else to do in Sacramento. We could go see the California State Capitol. Somehow the California uh, California Capitals in Sacramento. I mean, it's like That'd how the Capitol awesome. here in Missouri is. I mean, capital of Missouri is in Jefferson City. So I really, I mean, it, it makes no sense. Um, okay. Why don't Why don't we take a quick break before we get to some of our other bets? Quick. Yeah. After like we're done with idea. win totals. Yeah, I like that idea. We'll be right back with um, some other random picks that we both all all three of us love. We'll be right back. All right, we're back, and it's kind of this part's just basically awards, conference winners, NBA final picks. Um, Aaron, you're the man who loves the betting, who is able to bet more than Evan and I are. Um, who is your favorite finals odds pick? I like the Bucks uh, as my best bet. Uh, if I had to pick a team right now to win the finals, they would be the team I would pick. And they're plus 800, which I think is a pretty decent number. Right now, they're the fifth most likely to win the championship behind the Clippers, the Celtics, the Warriors, the Nets, and the Bucks. I think right now I would take the Bucks over every one of them, except for maybe the Clippers at full strength. Um, but you have so many question marks with the Clippers, it seems like, um, due to the past couple years. So I would have the Bucks there at... at, at, at plus 800 i think that's decent odds for what was a team that could have made it last year if chris middleton wasn't hurt and obviously won it two years ago so i think that's pretty good value for is you know a team we know can win a championship not your pelicans uh as uh, your title contender pelicans who are plus five thousand. well see that was going to be my value pick i think that the pelicans are a value pick for sure and i think the nuggets are as well um at plus 1,900, plus 2,000, somewhere around that range. Um, one thing I don't get is why the Lakers are plus 1,800. Um, that's the eighth shortest odds right now. It just doesn't make any sense to me. FanDuel what has about plus 25. Okay. Yeah, so on. I mean, that's more. That's probably better price. But on DraftKings right now, for example, it's plus 1,800, which seems wildly Crazy. low. <laughs> um, so. Love it. Uh, I think my best value slash actually my best value pick i think is the sixers we both all three of us loved what the sixers have in place for them right now it just is now the question of do you rely on james harden in the playoffs um but i i think we're getting into that situation of what we thought he was going to be with the nets a few years ago he's not gonna be the main guy heck if tyrese maxi grows as much as i think he can he might not even be the second main guy I like this team a lot, and I can't believe I keep saying that out loud. I need someone to please throw a brick at my forehead. Wow, that's very violent. Um, <laughs> and I'll just take over before you start saying some more self-harm. Um, <laughs> my two favorite finals picks, uh, based off of value and just of how much I like them in general, um, one from the East, one from the West. They're going to meet in the finals. We've got the Philadelphia 76ers going up against the Los Angeles Clippers in the NBA finals this year. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about the Clippers at all yet in this podcast. I think it goes without saying all the talent that they have at the top of their roster. Um, 
have a lot of faith that I actually don't have a lot of faith that Kawhi Leonard can put together a full season. But if he does put together a full season, I have a lot of faith that they can make the finals. Um, huge potential. I mean, we saw how scrappy this team was even last year with so many injuries, um, you know, just falling short in the play-in game. But I love the Clippers, love the Sixers. And then obviously I think the Bucs are obviously always a safe choice. I mean, like Aaron said, losing Chris Middleton was huge for them last year. Otherwise they would have probably made a finals run. Yeah. So I think – I think the Bucks are always a safe choice. So, so those three teams are probably my favorites for sure. All right. All right. So here's my next one. Let's let's hear two from everyone when it comes to awards. Who are your two favorite awards odds that you like? We'll start with Aaron, then go to Evan, and then we'll go to me. Okay. Um, Joel Embiid to win the MVP of plus 650. Um, you talked about it earlier, just been snubbed kind of not snubbed because Jokic deserved it, but has been passed over the last two years for the MVP. Mm-hmm. Can't really describe that, uh, you know, desire. I'm sure that Joel has for it right now. He's third in the ranks. We've seen Giannis do it before very easily could get it again. Luca's number one right now, which as you said, Mitch, maybe if the team's not as good, that could hurt his chances. Albeit we've seen it with Jokic. They were the sixth seed last year and he still won it so maybe that's a counterpoint I just really like Embiid if we're talking about how high we are in the Sixers I think that correlates as well so I really like Embiid to win the MVP at plus 650 and then I also like Willie Green to be the coach of the year at plus 1500 I think you know you don't necessarily have to be the number one seed by any means we've seen Tom Thibodeau win coach of the year getting the fourth seed in the east two years ago I think that's a very plausible scenario Right now, he's like middle of the pack. Um, and I think based on how much he was praised last year during the playoffs, we're turning that team around midseason, um, as well as just the ceiling that they have. Like, it's really good value, in my opinion, um, with Willie Green. I don't think we have a shoe in like we did last year with Monty Williams because he was really stubbed for it. Um, right. So I think it's anybody's ballgame this year. And, I, you know, like Joe Missoula or whatever is like third highest, which is crazy to me. Um I mean, maybe just because there's so much in flux, but I like Willie Green at plus 1,500. Yeah, I like that call. I think there's so much yeah, room there for success. So um, I'll take over with mine. Um, I'll do an MVP pick. I'm not going to do the crazy one that you think I'm going to do. I'm, I'll just save that for another time. Um, for the value, I mean, he's number two, um, Giannis. I mean, this guy has – he's been a part of the MVP conversation – for what the past four years i mean he's always yeah. made a, a compelling case past two years there's been voters fatigue because he won it two years in a row i think that's completely worn off now i think people are ready to vote for him for the mvp again i think you can make the case right now that he's the most viable player to the bucks um i mean obviously he is but most valuable player in the league um the way he impacts the game the way he impacts his team I don't think there's a question he'll be in the running. I think it'll just be a question of if, yeah, he can put together a better season than the Embiid's or the Jokic's or who knows who else. But I love him for the MVP at plus, I think it's plus 700. And then I was looking at most improved player odds this year. And I love, yeah, 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 yeah. Based on how they, you know, did most improved last year, you know, they gave it to, to John Morant, if I'm not mistaken, right? They did, unfortunately. So, I mean, John Morant, amazing year, but he was already amazing. 
So based on that, I'm looking at Zion. We got Zion at plus 1600 to win most improved player. Obviously he didn't play at all last year. He had a great season two years ago. I think he, I think he should be the outright favorite for this, for this award. Anthony Edwards is the favorite right now, but I think if Zion Williamson can even get close to his potential this for this year, he's going to, he's going to run away with this award. So I love that a lot. That's plus 1600. I'm liking the variety of picks we're going here. I like that. I like that we have two MVPs because I'm not going to go to the MVP. I was honestly thinking Evan was going to go with his rookie deer pick. Um, so I'm also going to hit most improved. And mine's just mine's what the heck? Mine is Scotty Barnes. I I think Scotty Barnes this year could be the best player on the Raptors by the end of the year. And uh, people probably, I mean, I think Pascal Siakam was it last year. I think Scotty Barnes has the ability to be the best player on the Toronto Raptors by the end of the year. It's at plus 3,300, which is great value for if I think this. Um, so that's where mine would be going. And then my other one, I, I'm just going to make this quick. I do have two, I have two that I'm going to just throw out here. Mikel Bridges for defensive player of the year, plus 1,300. Mm-hmm. I love that a lot. It was the fifth best odds on FanDuel. I think that's just after how much hype he got from Marcus Smart from and to be the second most votes at the end of the year. I think he's going to have to be the focal and the bit. I mean, he was the best defender in the Suns last year, but I think he's actually going to have to be just ridiculous and show that the Luca scoring against him was just Luca being incredible. So I think that's it. And then my sixth man of the year, Bones Highland plus 1400, fourth best odds. I think this is such a solid pick, especially um, if I think he's going to be the guy who's going to be playing clutch uh, crunch time minutes for them. I think this is the guy you got to be thinking about for that. So that's where I'm leaning. Who won six men last year? Uh, Was it not Tyler Hero? It was Tyler Hero. Okay. Yeah. So probably not again. But I guess haven't they had a ton of six man repeats with Lou Williams and Jordan Clarkson and all those guys? Clarkson only has won it once, but it was Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford. Right. Kevin McHale did it a few times. And then Manu, of course. Um, Shane Battier. No, never. I think, uh, did he not win six million? The man started. The man was always like a starter on those teams. Who am I thinking of? Oh, yeah, I know the Heat teams. And like the Rockets teams. So Lamar Odom ever won six player of the year? He did. He did win yeah. it. That's the office trivia question, Evan. Remember? Yeah, but that's who they thought it was. But who was or who did um who did Jim think it was? Sean Marion. It was Sean Marion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not Sean Marion. No, Sean Marion was also a starter. What what a, a dumb... little office trivia there for you guys. And speaking yeah. of starters and six man awards, like if you look at some of these odds, some of the top players are supposed to be starters this year, like Cam Johnson, right? Pending Jay right. Crowder. Assuming he's gone, is listed really high. Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, I could keep going, but like some of this stuff doesn't make any sense uh, when you're looking at the players that are around guys like Bones, which I think gives him even more value. I think Jordan Poole, who's a far and away favorite right now, from what I'm seeing at 450, makes a lot of sense because I think he's kind of locked into that six man role pending an injury, and he's really good. But I think Bones is a really good bet considering the odds increase. Interesting. I didn't. I didn't realize he was that that high. Yeah, I'm seeing plus four fifty right now. Which in like, in a futures market like that, I think it's 
you kind of got to go with the higher odds. But I have yeah, plus fourteen hundred yeah. on FanDuel. So for Jordan Poole? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Bones, my apologies. Yeah, Bones is fourteen hundred. <laughs> it's like, whoa, they've got a huge discrepancy there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, one, one thing I wanted to touch on outside of awards, um, I have one bet that I really I think you're gonna like, Mitch. Oh God. Pistons to make the playoffs plus one thousand. How spicy! That. How spicy are those odds? Assuming they just get into the playing tournament, if they can right, be a top ten seed in the East, they're they're not going to be plus one thousand on the money line at that point. So if you want to get out and of it, that's the other yeah, yeah, it's a perfect opportunity to to hedge if you think they're going to be. God, I'm going to put that in all. Aaron, I'm going to test you what? right after this podcast <laughs> is over. I want you to understand how much money. I'm yep. not. That's I'm resp- I'm betting responsibly. Bet responsibly. This that should be like the quote at the end of this episode. Just bet, bet responsibly. responsibly. That yeah, just right. bet responsibly. And we're not um, professionals. We are in that. I, we are I not, have, we're not financial advisors. Yeah, are, right. I'm this not, is I our part. Not. This is our part time job. I and we're not even paid for this. This is basically an internship. Um, this is an unpaid <laughs> internship for ourselves. Um, so that's our uh, those are our favorite betting odds, and we're probably going to come back to this throughout the year. And Aaron and I are going to scream at our misery about the Sacramento Kings. Um, but thank you guys for being a part of this over unders podcast. We appreciate it. Um, we're gonna be right back with a little cereal and brews after this break. All right, we're going to get going here in cereal and brews in a second. Um, I didn't realize Evan had to, you know, go home to the fiance. Um, but I, <laughs> here, uh, we're thankful for Evan coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's always a pleasure to have him on. And he is basically our, our main go-to whenever we need a guy to come on. And he will be probably on once every other month, if not more often than that. So I'm mm-hmm. appreciative of him. Uh, so thanks for coming on, Ev. Yeah, thanks for having me on, fellas. Um... I think we got some some good money makers that we that we mold over here, and I think the Thunder um, can give us some good some good money this year. And I don't know, I love it. I'm excited for the year, and let's do it. Over under Shea Gilgis Alexander triple doubles. Uh, I have it at six and a half. Under. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make sure. Is that an actual yeah. thing? No, that's me just making it up on. Oh, the phone. Okay. <laughs> I was like, that would be the, most... the under. That would be so specific. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Ev. We appreciate it. Have a great rest of your night, my man. And we'll see you soon. Deuces. Good seeing you, man. All right, Aaron, a little cereal and brews now. Um, yes, sir. Can I, can I, before we do anything else, can I give you the final update on my office saga? Please do. So, you know how I told you they're moving? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're moving too. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> we're every, apparently they were doing a whole office shift. Uh, Remember how I told you that we're like acquiring a floor in our office, like in the building we're in. Yeah. That building, that office has been, that floor has been acquired. And now where everyone, a few people are moving there. So it's just a whole thing. And I'm just, Oh, wow. I'm not a part of the group that's moving there. We're moving back to up to our original spots that we were in a month ago. I'm, I just want you to know I'm livid about the situation and it's just so dumb. It was a whole, it was a horrible last week of the month because we already hit a hundred, but like we had this, just some crappy things happen. And so we were just, I was kind of left in charge of some things. That was the thing I was left in charge of was the seating chart. And I forgot we're still in middle school about where we want to sit at on in damn cubicles. I mean, literally dude, like I was, I was having people like bid me money for like what? the for spots they wanted to have. I was like, 
I did not know I held this much power. Wow. You guys should just do open seating. That's what we do now. So it's like nobody has a spot. If you want the spot, get there early. See, for us, though, it's like the girls love to decorate their spots. And don't get me wrong. I have like my my photo, my the photo of like all our, like our drinks from college, like all our, like our mm. friend groups, like drinks that we liked. Um, I also have like I have a Celtics like parking sign in my spot, too. So I like I can't really like move that every day. So. I get it. It's like college. You know, you have your uh, quote unquote. I, I like your idea though. Quote unquote assigned seating, but it's not assigned seating. Yeah, that's it seems like there's way too much going on here. It seems like oh, it's way, way too, too much unnecessary. Going on. <laughs> the other thing is, is like our facilities manager, love or sorry, facilities director, Mary is Mary Ghost is the goat. And she goes, but she's just very particular about where everyone's sitting and she needs to know. And I understand and I appreciate that. However, it annoys the bejesus out of me every time. So are you in charge of the entire seating chart? Of my team. Okay. Of my team. So like of the 10 of the 12 of us that are moving, I'm in charge of that. I was in charge of selecting where everyone was moving to. That was stressful as hell. So I, I'm, I'm yeah. not kidding you. I, I, I'm now having lunch paid for uh, tomorrow. So I'm, I'm excited. So it'll be good. Oh, nice. That's huge. Well, yeah. congratulations on going back to the same place where you started for absolutely no reason. And uh, hopefully the new floor is worthwhile. I assume when you actually move up there, everybody will be up to that floor. Uh, uh, from our director team, yes. Okay. It's a whole thing. I'm not even going to try to get into it and try to explain to you the breakdown of everything. It's a lot. Um, also, the other thing is I, I won Cardinal playoff tickets, so I'm yes. going to game one on Friday. So it's going to be chilly, and it's going to have the October brisk that we're – October playoff baseball that everyone's looking forward to. I feel like I'm going to be uh, – I remember Placido Polanco in the 2006 World Series had like that ski mask over his head like mm-hmm. the, in that series, and that's what I'm kind of not – I'm not going to do that. But I'm imagining some people doing that. Yeah, I'm so jealous you're getting to do that. That's so cool. Um, I At some point, I wish we had teams in the playoffs here. I guess I could could have gone to like a Chicago Sky game, but I don't really have any reason to ask for a gift like that. So that was, that was awesome yeah. that, that you had the chance to do that. It was... It was either that or a chair, so I, I chose the <laughs> I chose the tickets. It was gonna be so, a, a yeah, it was a damn choice. nice chair. It was a two hundred fifty dollar chair or two tickets for three hundred bucks for a playoff game. So I was like, uh, that place. So I, I don't care if the chair might be long lasting. I would rather have this the one the one time experience. Yeah, I, I don't blame you at all. I would have done the same thing. Could care less about a chair. I mean, I sat in a wooden chair for about a year and a half, uh, working from home five days a week yeah so i mean that says enough about how much i care about my seating arrangement during the day or your lumbar support yeah that too that explains (laughs) a lot (laughs) absolutely um but yeah man how about you what's been going on over there back to iowa city this past weekend that was a lot of fun um good for the pup to run around in the yard stuff we don't get to do here so he's loving life. Um, he's been knocked out. We got this new thing for the car as well, which was huge. It's like this hammock that essentially like can't like encapsulates the entire back seat in this hammock. And mm. it makes it so it's high enough to where he couldn't jump over into the front seat. But mm. it gives him space to like lay out. And he 
loved it and passed out basically the entire drive back to Chicago. Whereas on the way there, we were like trying to hold Madison was trying to hold him in her lap and was like jumping around and he napped here and there, but like was clearly not as comfortable. So once he got settled into that, he loved that. So I'm looking forward to like feeling better about taking him on road trips and stuff um, in the future. So that was just such a huge, huge moment for us. And the dog's been good and is growing and all that. So yeah, it's exciting stuff. Love, love it to hear it, man. Well, Hopefully I can meet be I can meet it soon. Can would love to meet Otis. Meet soon. it. Well, Otis, chill, dude. I meet him. <laughs> I, yeah, I also say the same thing to Madison sometimes. Like we're talking about dogs or babies, and I just uh like say it. And she's like, What are you talking about? This uh so I, I always I, refer to that too. I'm just giving you shit. No, hey, I want to be gender neutral here, man. I don't want to, I don't want to screw this up. I, I, if Otis chooses to be a male, then good for him. I'll we'll um, just say they, he's also humping blankets. So I think he's, he, I think he's accepting his male personality. Let's just say that. boy. Yeah. <laughs> a, oh, my Lord. Whatever. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a horn dog for sure. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> we, well, I'm, I'm glad everything's going well there. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that we got to do this podcast. Honestly, I was at the over-unders is these opening podcasts before the season started. I, talk, I tweeted about it, about the tier system. These mm-hmm. are my favorite podcasts because I get to look at it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I was a dumbass. Um, mm-hmm. So this this is my favorite one. One of my favorite ones to do uh, next week. Aaron, you ready for next week? I don't know if I am. I'm a little scared. The 50, little... top 50 players in the, the current NBA coming from Aaron Carter. Does he have – the four guys from the Pelicans and the four guys from the Cavs that we've been talking about this entire time to have uh, four guys in the top 50. Uh, I, I, I look forward to seeing if he actually has that. Um, but yeah, that's going to be next week's pod. Just to give a yep. little, little preview. Um, of what's and we're going to, we're going to have to figure out how to keep that, that somewhat limited because that could be so long. It's going to have to be like, maybe I'll develop an intricate tier system too of, like a way to break it up so then we can just like talk about the tier and list all of them and then uh figure that out but yeah i'm excited i as i said i listed out the top 30 like just randomly on a train ride to see you over the summer when we recorded the first podcast of the season um and so i'm excited to expand out to the full 50 and reassess and all that stuff uh Valanchunas will be on the cutting board perhaps he would be one of the only of those eight guys that would not make it i'm pretty confident the rest of that statement's going to hold, but Valanchunas. Jared Allen will be my one for the Cavs that I'm worried about. Yeah, but I think he's going to make it. I would have him over Valanchunas. Okay. Um, that's just, I think, impact of the team. Uh, he's huge in his rim protection. I mean, Valanchunas is a really good player, but whatever. That's a rabbit hole. But We won't dig down that rabbit hole this week. Uh, you can probably do what I did with my top 25, just like clump them together, and then we can just mm-hmm. speed through it like that, but... I'll let you decide that and we will figure that out next week. Uh, but until next week, thanks for listening to this, this episode, guys uh, have a great rest of your week. Follow us on Twitter at Hooper's Almanac um, and watch as much preseason basketball as you can. Cause you know, why not uh, until the passes no longer free, um, which Aaron, we have to, we have to talk about that and try to figure out our subscription for that. Um, have a great rest of your week, guys go Celtics, go Nuggets and yeah, enjoy it. See ya.